I've failed at a lot of things since then, and I've learned to be a man about it and accept the truth instead of trying to find an excuse. I think a lot of people in today's world, when adversity hits and if they, they look for an excuse or a, a finger to point at, I'll always point at myself no matter what the situation is. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time. Enjoy the show. Well, I was a fanatic. There's no doubt a fanatic. My goal was to get carried out of the wrestling room because of exhaustion, and it never happened. The thing it did for me every day about 6 o'clock is that when I got out, I looked back in, and there was nobody else there. Bottom line was I didn't reach my goal. So guess what happened? I went back in the room again. But I got some quality time because of just some kind of a fanatic goal. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we've done it. We're back. We're here. Another episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. Today's guest is Oklahoma State assistant coach Chris Perry. This episode is probably one of my favorites. Chris opens up and just kind of walks you through what it's like to, to go from you know, middle school wrestler all the way through to multiple time national champion. The ups and downs, the struggles. The emotional side of things, man. This is an awesome conversation. And of course, his uncle, John Smith, six-time world Olympic champ, one of the best to ever do it. He plays a central theme in this story. So sit back and enjoy this one. All right, Chris Perry, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. On my way to uh, junior duels, uh, recruit. Are you, okay, I was going to say, are you coaching the team or you're recruiting out there? Nah, I'm just coming up to recruit. It's about an hour away. We got uh, some of our incoming freshmen are competing up here. Um, and then we got some recruits that we're looking at that are up here and some guys that we've committed already. So just going to come up okay. here and watch some good wrestling. Yeah, my alma mater, Illinois, Team Illinois, man. I, I always pull for those guys. How, how are they doing out there? What, is it just getting started? Um, yeah, so the, today's the first day. Normally, it's, um, you know, the, the best teams kind of dominate today. Tomorrow's uh, the good matchup, Illinois, Ohio, and Oklahoma, um, Minnesota's, and uh, Iowa. But th- that'll hit tomorrow. So, um, but yeah, I mean, okay. hopefully Oklahoma can get it done. Absolutely. I know you got, I mean, you're an Oklahoma guy through and through, and that would be saying it lightly because you come from, you know, wrestling royalty so to speak going all the way back to your to your late grandfather but you know, just kind of kind of talk about what it was like growing up in a family where your uncles are, are john and pat smith and your brothers mark perry I mean, what, what the heck was that like you know when i was young i i don't really think i noticed it as much um when i got to about eighth grade you know um i started seeing you know the success in the films and things like that and how important they were to wrestling john and uh pat at the time mark was still in high school so i kind of started you know learning about all the high school wrestlers around his age level that were studs and so i kind of started really digging deep into you know rankings and things like that or who who i was going to maybe have to see one day and you know i got the chance to follow that but i really honestly until i was about eighth grade um it didn't really hit me that there was going to be some pressure behind this thing with me. And, you know, that I was going to probably be the last one to have a shot at it. Um, and then being so successful, you know, my dad had the opportunity, you know, I got the opportunity to watch Mark win, win nationals uh, and be in the finals three times and be a four-time All-American. And so I, 
honestly, when it came up, when it came around, I was so much bigger. I was actually wrestling some of those guys that were in college at the same time as them. I was 160 pounds as a freshman. And, um, so I was big, you know, I mean, I could actually work out with Mark at the time when he'd come home, but, um, Got it. now the pressure, you know, I think being in that family, I realized when it was all said and done, how much, um, you know, pressure is a privilege to us. And at first I, I think I struggled with taking the pressure as a privilege and I took it as like a, a fault. You know, I kind of was, I let it get to me early in my career. Like I, I was supposed to do something or I had to do something, um, or I was a failure. So I let it eat at me more than I let it motivate me. Um, probably my first, my freshman year, definitely. Um, is this high school or college you're talking now? Uh, college, but in high okay. school, you know, I kind of came up and I think it might actually help, you know, Mark leaving the state and me not having to follow in his footsteps right after, um, you know, if he was to go on and, you know, win a bunch of state titles here in Oklahoma and be the man here, I think him kind of moving to New Jersey made me kind of start my own legacy in, in the state of Oklahoma. But um, as a freshman, you know, it was um, the whole goal is to be a four-timer and uh, be undefeated. But at the same time, I knew I was 160 pounds and I'm not wrestling boys, I'm wrestling grown men. And I think that was uh, that was a challenge on itself or uh, at itself. And but having my dad as an Oklahoma State coach as an assistant here too, um, he was my high school coach. So I trained at a high level. Well, you know what? From eighth grade on, I mean a high high level. Probably um, I probably trained harder in high school than I did in college. As in, uh, my dad just trained me differently than I trained when I got to college with John. That you know they kind of have two different. Not, I wouldn't say two different philosophies, but at the time it was, um, it was a little bit different. And so I trained, you know, I kind of, I really was prepared as a freshman to go into that bracket at the state tournament. And there was, um, you know, I think 11 seniors and one freshman in the bracket. And so I had, I had my hands full and I was undefeated, you know, all the way. The whole goal is to be an undefeated four time state champ, which you hear that people say that a lot about anything. I want to be undefeated in this and that. But you, people don't realize when they say it how hard it is, you know, how hard it is to do. I think kids say that, but there's there's so much mental game behind it all. And, and just in general, just you, you, there's a lot of ups and downs and a lot of emotional moments as a kid that you have to learn how to handle them. And as a freshman, I was undefeated all the way to the regionals. And I got I actually got upset in the regionals uh, in the finals to a kid that is from Dell City, Oklahoma where John and my dad and all of them went to high school and elementary school where my whole family grew up. So that one kind of, you know, after losing that to that match to that kid and then, you know, having him the next week in the state tournament, um, you know, I had to really kind of emotionally regroup and, you know, it wasn't easy for me to lose to a guy that I, I really thought I was, you know, up there in the top in the country and this kid wasn't even, he wasn't even in the top 20 in the country and he beat me. So I kind of gave me a reality check and going into the state tournament as a freshman, I, you know, I dominated through the finals pretty much. And then I hit him again. And then, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I got really sick before the state finals. I got the flu and I lost about 10 pounds and I was about 10 pounds underweight. So now I'm, now I'm going into this match against the guy that beat me. And, um, now I'm sick. 
and I've never really had to experience this where I couldn't go out and just pin a guy when I was in junior high. If I was sick. I knew I was right. going to have a war on my hands. So I think there was some fear in my heart there, you know, just trying to figure out where I was mentally. You know, I, I, I was really, really sick at the time. And um, so going into the match, you know, I ended up winning the match and uh, going on to beat the kid five to two. But I think emotionally, I kind of just, uh, I learned a lot from that lesson. You know, I saw a lot of uh, when I got sick and the, my back was against the wall, I saw fear in myself as an athlete. You know, I started second guessing myself and understanding that there's different ways to train. You know, you got to train for everything. And, you know, my whole philosophy from probably that match on, even though I won the match, was uh, expect the unexpected, you know, and just kind of something I've, that's always stuck with me since that year was just you never know what can happen out there. You know, I, you can blow your knee out and have to end up finding a way to win it. And I would say, honestly, that moment, um, being sick and just finding a way to win, but even knowing deep down in my heart, you know, a lot of people won't admit, well, I was scared. I, you know, I had a lot of fear. I didn't, I probably didn't believe I was going to win because I lost him when I was healthy. So, how so I that, think that was a big, go ahead. Yeah, no, there's that. I'm, I'm getting so excited hearing this because that's kind of what this whole podcast is about is kind of looking at someone who's you've been like you, a two-time national champ at the highest level. But even coming up with, with all the support you had, I mean, your uncle's a, you know, a six-time world champ, two-time Olympic champ. Um, you know, your brother by this point had already you know, had a lot of success. And here you are as a freshman, it's time for you to make it happen. And you know, really, your freshman year in high school is the first chance you get to, to make a name for yourself. And so you get beat the week before. So what's it like that week and, and like the day before, or maybe, excuse me, the night before that match, like, what are you telling yourself when the doubt starts to creep in to, to eradicate it from you? You know, honestly, it was, um, I was, I think, you know, going into that week and getting ready and it didn't hit me till honestly about six hours before the match, I was sick. I, I mean, I, and I never really, to be honest, I mean, I don't remember having the flu ever, but I can tell you, I'm not very tough when I get sick. <laughs> and I've learned <laughs> that even at, at this age, I'm not, um, I think the biggest deal was, you know, when that doubt started creeping in, just understanding that, you know, I, I had to go back to it's just a wrestling match. But at the same time, uh, it meant the world to me. So I think the doubts there always, um, you know, there's always fears. But um, till I learned, to, you know, to basically tell, to open up about my fears and my weaknesses, um, you know, I never, I never really became great. I mean, I, I tried to out, I tried to fake them or I wouldn't be honest about them. And I think wrestlers, you know, in general, and I, I talked to Dayton Fix a lot about this, is it's like the only way you're going to get over those things is, is to just say, hey, I don't, you know, I don't like this. This feels uncomfortable to me. I'm, I'm scared to get tired out there. I'm scared. Until you start opening up about them, you'll always hide them because the wrestler's ego is we're going to out-tough everything. I'm not going to show I'm weak. I don't want to show this. Well, everybody's weak in one area. Wrestlers are just too stubborn to admit it, so people can help you get over it. And I love that. I love opening up about it, and it's applicable to so many areas of life because, you know, the, the conversation you have with yourself when you wake up or when you're going into to a big meeting or, or a big match, you know, that's where the truth comes out, and only you know really how you feel, and the reality is that we lie to ourselves a ton. So just, just saying, hey, man, I'm scared right now, and this is why, and kind of problem solving 
to get to the root cause of it. I think that's really, really powerful stuff. Yeah, it's definitely, I think it's, honestly, I probably didn't start opening up about it till my junior year in college. Um, you know, I just had to be honest with myself. I was wrestling, you know, my freshman year in college, I went in after winning four state titles. And I actually went and made the junior world team in high school and beat, uh, you know, national champ Quentin Wright when I was in high school. I went to the senior level open and got third place in high school. It's like I'm supposed to be this next phenom that people are saying, wow, this guy can compete for a national title right out the gate. And I'm telling myself that. And the real people, you know, that are in my life and my coaches like John and them are like, it doesn't, you know, I'm beating, I've beaten a five or six national champs before I got to college that are at the senior open. And I get there and I think after the senior open, well, if I can beat these guys, I'm how are these guys in college going to beat me? I looked at people as they weren't on my level without having any idea how hard it was going to be. And, yeah, uh, you I, know, I think emo emotionally when it hit as a freshman, I shattered, you know, I, I, um, I crumbled when, when things weren't going how I pictured them. So that's what I wanted to dig into because I was watching a documentary with you and you were saying how, you know, going into your freshman year, you thought you were ready to win. But looking back now, you, you were nowhere close ready to win. I mean, so what was it? Was it, I mean, physically you were there, but it's probably more of a mental thing. Where were you falling short looking back now to that freshman year? Oh, I would say just not, I hadn't faced enough adversity, you know, in matches and, and I hadn't faced uh, failure, you know, I mean, I literally lost two matches uh, or one match ever in high school. Um, really probably the only close match I had was when I lost. Um, even when I had to, you know, had to get a late takedown or anything. And, and when it happened in college, I, I, I couldn't react. It was like, I, I was so worried about the result that I wouldn't go let it go, you know, instead of worrying about my performance and the way that I, I competed or the way that I, I approached the match and the way that I did things, I worried about the result and that was it. So I had fear of making mistakes and I, and it held me back. You know, I mean, as a freshman, once I lost in the quarterfinals, I, I mean, I lost my head. I was wrestling Robert Hamlin in the quarters and, um, it's tied up two to two and I'm so emotionally gone at the moment. I think I'm losing three to two and I throw and I had a, you know, being an emotional kid and a, a person that made nationals life or death to me at the time as a freshman, I threw, you know, I go collar tie and I throw like a punch at him and the ref calls on sportsmanlike. I look over at the score and I just gave him a point to take the lead. And I thought I was losing, you know, it just shows as an athlete, I mean, I'm emotionally wasn't in the match, you know. I mean, it, I, I didn't even know my score of my match. I couldn't even manage the score of my match because I had never been in those positions. Wow. So even, so, like, uh, even at Fargo, you were dominating in high school where you didn't have any close matches or it was you didn't really go to those at, at that time? Well, at Fargo, um, when I was a sophomore, when I was young, I got beat. You know, I lost, but I also lost to those kind of like the kings of wrestling at the time. They were four years older than me. Um, right. You know, Kirk, Kirk Smith, who ended up being a national finalist, beat me. And I drew him first round as an eighth grader, you know. <laughs> and then I drew, the, I drew the guy that was first and third. And the guy that actually was third, um, 
he actually came down a weight and won it the year before he teched everybody. And I drew him back to back and I lost clinch, I lost clinch clinch to both in both matches. So I was, if I probably won those, I went on to win. And next thing I know I'm in the car heading back and both those guys had teched their way through the whole tournament and they met in the semis and they, it was overtime match or whatever it was at Fargo at the time. So I actually, you know, there I learned a lot just that I had a ways to go, but I was still an eighth grader. And those guys, I, that's why, I re, you know, going into that freshman year, I thought, you know, I, I'm going to kill these guys. I just lost the number one guy in the country and I should have won. I lost the number two guy in the country and I still should have won that match. And I'm four years younger. How are these kids in Oklahoma going to beat me? You know, right. and I think right. I kind of, instead of taking it as, I got a ways to go. And that is, you know, I, it doesn't matter the score a loss is a loss. You know, anybody can keep a match close. I took it as, well, you know, I'm right there. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be the best in the country by next year instead of letting it, you know, just kind of sink in that you didn't win and it doesn't matter what the score is. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and for the non wrestling people listening, the clinch was like this bizarre rule where there was a ball drop and it was, it was kind of funny, but um, bottom line, it, it's very questionable way to win. I mean, not questionable, but it's just maybe not as indicative as a, as a, as a winner loss in folk style, so to speak. But I want to go back to your freshman year in college. So you, you're losing the quarters and, you know, let's say like a week after the tournament, that's, you had to do some soul searching and had to have a lot of self-awareness because ultimately you came back and won at your junior and senior years. But I mean, what, what were the conversations you were having with yourself after that, like that lonely week after the nationals, your freshman year? Uh, to be completely honest with you, after, you know, my freshman year, after I got beat, I was lost. I mean, just in general, I, I didn't even know how to react. I avoided everything. I avoided, um, I, I just didn't want to talk. I shut everybody out. And, you know, I thought I, I thought I deserved everything instead of, you know, nobody deserves anything in this sport. That's why it's, I believe it's the greatest sport ever. Everybody works hard. I believe, you know, I thought I outworked everybody. So I deserved it. Or I wanted, I felt sorry for myself because I, this, this is what I've wanted since I was a kid and I worked so hard. And it's like, instead of just saying, you know, I, emotionally, I wasn't there. You know, I, I I broke out there in front of everybody. When the moment came, I shattered and I wasn't a man about it. And, you know, I tried to avoid it. Um, I was in a dark place, honestly, for about a month and a half um, until, you know, I, I got those, you know, I sat down, John sat me down and was just like, this is the turning point in your career. You're either going to go skyrocket now, or you're going to, you're going to go backwards and things are going to, you know, it's, it could be, you might never place again. You know, it was either you better accept this like a man and get back in there and try and figure out why you emotionally shattered and that you better make a promise to yourself that you're going to do everything and anything to make sure that doesn't happen again or you're going to go downhill from here. You know, he goes, it's just part of it. You're going to take the pressure and you're going to run with it and make it a privilege or you're going to let it eat you up and you're going to be an average wrestler. Man, so he was that honest with you. I mean, just saying you might not have a place again, or you could, or you could skyrocket from here. Yeah. I mean, he, the one thing um, with John and me is that he was really hard on me. Uh, I would probably say he's never, he's never been this hard on an athlete. I mean, I can probably guarantee that. 
And, um, you know, with, without it, I think he knew he could do that. He was family and he had coached under my dad and my dad was hard on me. You know, um, my dad was really hard on me. And so I think he knew, you know, I grew up with that mentality and that, that philosophy, but I hadn't lost and had somebody say that to me. You know, I, I'd always heard that when I beat a guy 15 to six and they, they didn't give me a, you know, they were mad because I didn't perform right or my skill was bad. And, you know, right. I, they were, they were hard on me that way, but I never really, nobody, they weren't hard on me after I'd failed and hit rock bottom, you know, and there was no buttering it up. There was no, you're going to be all right. You're going to bounce back. It was straight truth. And I accepted it. I was, you know, as a kid, I was a little bit, um, I would say I was hurt over it, you know, sensitive about it. I thought they were taking shots at me, basically calling me, um, you know, not tough and that I'm weak and that, I'm, you know, I'm not good. And, and for a little bit, I let it sink in and piss me off. And so I kind of just kind of trained on my own and got motivated on my own. They didn't come. They weren't calling me saying, hey, you need to get up here and do this if you want to win or any of that. I think he let it sink in and was like, you're either going to take it and want it bad enough or you're not. And so I think going into that sophomore year, um, I had Kenny Monday uh, move down, or I mean, Kenny Monday moved to Stillwater that year. And it was a different voice for me at the time. Um, it was a new voice, I think. Um, having John obviously was always there, but, you know, he, he, was, he was always hard on me. And having Kenny there helped definitely. Um, having uh, Zach Esposito there was a big benefit. And I think John kind of sat back and wanted to watch, you know, and not be – and to see how I reacted to failure before he came back in. And uh, I'd say, you know, sophomore year, Kenny Monday really kind of took me under his wing, um, really made me believe um, that I was the best. But he made sure to remind me, how hard this was going to be and that it was going to be, I'm going to have to do everything and anything. I'm going to have to outwork guys. I'm going to have to be more prepared than guys. I'm going to have to win hard matches. Um, and that I'm the underdog, you know, he put that, he put that um, philosophy in my head early in that season that I'm hunting something now. And I'm not, you know, I always thought I was the guy that was supposed to win. And um, so I think he really helped me that year. Um, him and Zach and, Definitely Tyrone Lewis was part of my career. Um, big motivators to me. And um, I really appreciate, I mean, from there, that sophomore year, I would say I was probably at my best early in that year. I was up at 184. Um, and then about mid-season, I went to Reno, and I beat, I was undefeated at 84, and I beat Joe LeBlanc in like mm -hmm. five overtimes. It was a lot, lot of overtimes. And honestly, after that match, I came back, and John sat me down and he said, um, we have an idea. And I'm, I'm number one in the country at 184. And I said, I walked into the office and all the coaches are in there. And I'm thinking, oh, no, what did I, did I, <laughs> did I do something wrong? Yeah. Or, you know, I think I'm in trouble. And um, I walked in the office and they sat me down. And they're like, we, you know, we've all talked and we think you should drop the 74. And I'm sitting there going, what in the hell is going on? You know? I'm like, I'm number one in the country. What are you talking about? You think I should drop the 74? Like, Were you I was confused, you know, but they were prepared. You know, they had their reasons. We sat down. I, w I was really confused because I was on a high, you know. It's like 
how are you going to, I was on a high. I was thinking I'm, I'm number one. I'm, you know, I'm the guy right now. What do we, this doesn't even make sense, you know, in the middle of our season. And he goes, I'm just watching your matches and it looks like you're surviving the win out there. You know, it looks like you're winning, but you don't look comfortable. You know, it looks like you're, you're trying to wrestle hard, but you can't because they're too big for you or they're too long. And I'm just sitting there. And it was true, you know, when I really sat down and thought about it, I was number one, but I had won about 10 matches by a point. And like, but, by, by the grace of but, God, like I would get on a leg and I would get crunched and I couldn't suck anybody in, but I was just winning on pure toughness. And John told me, he's like, at the end, it could, it could get the better of you, you know, the weight class and these guys being bigger and gonna, you know, and then being able to use their size and length. And I, so I, it took me a minute and, you know, after the office, I kind of left and I wasn't sold yet. You know, he goes, I just want you to think about it, but we're going back to Wyoming in three weeks. Cause I weighed in underweight, like three or four pounds underweight. I don't remember at the time at Reno oh, wow. when I wrestled it. And yeah. that's why John kind of, he saw my body changing, you know, I was, as a freshman, I was kind of fat and puffy and I played football. So I, everything was about being sized when I was, you know, um, in high school, you know, I weighed 205 pounds, but I looked like a butterball. And, right, uh, right. you know, I was just a big high school kid. And so anyway, we were going back to Wyoming in three weeks and it, it was, it's Joe LeBlanc again. And I'm like, I couldn't wrestle in that dual meet if I was going to go down because of the plan or the weight plan. Right. And I didn't, I was kind of mad because I didn't want to make it look like I was dodging him or something, or we were trying to hold on to a seed because John's never that way. I mean, if I beat the number one guy, John, John's never going to protect a seed. So I went to Wyoming and I didn't weigh in. And I'd made up my mind that I was going down. And um, I think everybody was confused at the time, my brother, my dad. But, you know, it, that's not our call. And um, when John Smith tells me to do something, I'm going to do it, whether it's cut down to 157. I was going to do it because it's him. And I, I it believe in it. Um, not really. Um, I think it was the first time because, you know, my first match down to 74 was against Iowa at Iowa, the biggest rivalry. Mm. And at Carver, baby. So, yeah. And, you know, so I, I'd, I'd never been to Carver. It's going to be my first time down to 174. You watch all this history at Carver where the crowd gets the kids and I'm, you know, but at the same time, I'm thinking, when I get down, I felt good when I got down there. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, if I'm the number one guy at 184, I'm going to grab these 74 pounders and sling them around, you know, again, thinking immaturely, um, like I'm better than them, you know, I, you know, like I'm that much better. So I get the, you know, I get the carver and I'm wrestling Ethan Lofthouse there. And, um, we go into double overtime <laughs> and I, I, I start to feel that, that one. <laughs> and I start, to, I start to feel that one hour way in. Um, I start to feel what the body's like, lean like that. And I didn't wrestle. I, I, anxiety hit and the weight got, to, you know, the cut got to me a little bit, I'd say. But as the season went on and, you know, I started Wait, to go Wait, so did you win the, the match or he got the match? Oh, yeah. No, I won. I never lost an Iowa guy, ever. Okay. Okay. I've, I've All never right. lost an Iowa guy. <laughs> um, I love so it. So I won that match. <laughs> I won. 
I won that match and I'm going, man, this might be a little harder than I expected. But at the same time, I got to remember, I'm going down to 174 to wrestle a two-time national or a national champ, Ed Ruth, you know, undefeated, has pinned everybody. So in my head, it was like a re-motivator, you know, at, at 84, nobody had controlled the weight class at the time. Um, it was wide open, you know, nobody yeah. was a national champ, went and right had went, had went up a weight to 97. And, um, so I'm, you know, I'm, I re, it kind of rejuvenated me in the middle of the season. Like I'm hunting one of the greatest college wrestlers of all time. And then at the same time, Amucha Segi's there who beat him the night or the year before, uh, and made the national finals. So we got two national finalists, um, and a national champion, the weight class, both undefeated going into my sophomore year, going in the national tournament. And I, I had honestly, once I got it to do the weight, I was smashing guys. Um, I'd probably wrestled the best I'd ever wrestled in my career. And um, I was killing everybody. And I was like, this is a great move. Um, I'm motivated. I'm ready. I'm, I'm taking guys down. I feel stronger. I feel better. Um, I'm w- winning by wide margins finally. And then I get to the national tournament. Nobody, there's three undefeated guys, uh, Mucha Segi from Stanford, Ed Ruth, and me. And I get the, uh, Mucha Segi had kind of been hurt, but he had the last, he was actually, you know, Ed's only lost the year before he beat him in the Nationals. And so I get the two seed, Ed gets the one seed, and Mucha Segi gets three because he didn't wrestle. We get to the semis, and um, or first round of the tournament, I, I'm actually wrestling a guy from Virginia Tech. I'm, you know, you normally handle those guys pretty easy guy comes out shoots a low single my knee pops you know and um nothing crazy but i've never been hurt you know so it's like oh no here we go you know was i ready for it and i wasn't again you know um i got hurt i got hurt and mentally the first thing i started thinking how am i going to beat these guys hurt you know so I was prepared, you know, everything was going too good to be true. And I'd, I'd been through adversity before, but never been hurt and competed. And it wasn't anything crazy hurt. I ended up getting to the quarters and winning an overtime against my brother coached against me, uh, against Blanton, or I wrestled Blanton. And mm-hmm. my, my head started spinning, you know, I'm going, I'm not, what's going on? I'm not healthy. I started trying to find an excuse instead of, um, you know, just taking it what for what it was. So anyway, I lost. Uh, I ended up wrestling the Mooch Stegi in the semis, and never pulled the trigger. Really, never, never was ready. Uh, played hesitant. Played to win, and um, you know, I had him uh, in some situations, and he beat me. And Ed went on to win that weight, and then. Um, and then hold yeah, on, like I said, you you talk, but I want to go back to that match because you talk about you had a cradle locked up and your grip slipped and you thought he was going over and in 20 seconds your grip slipped and that was the that was your year and you used that the rest of your college career as far as i know is that right yeah that's that's right and i think a big deal was to be completely honest with you he had been injured too i don't think he was as confident as he normally was so when i got the cradle i felt like he wanted a way out i mean i really felt I don't even cradle guys, like I said, and I went to kick over and he basically, it looked, it felt like he was going to roll over. And I was just trying to get it tighter so I could try and pin it. And it, it was tied up like five to five. And when I went to regrip, you know, it, it slipped. And like I said, I, I'll never forget that 30 seconds. Like, why wouldn't you just go for it, man? I mean, don't regrip. Don't, 
don't overthink things like you're going to pen and go, go take it. And, um, I think I let my, you know, it was about winning the match. Like, Oh, I just gotta, I gotta get into his back now. Or I don't really know what went through my head at the time. I just remember what if you could have had a stronger grip 30 more seconds? What if you did a couple more extra curls, you know, one night, would your grip yeah. have been there? You know, it just those little creepy thoughts came into my head and ended up losing the match. And, you know, Ed ended up going on and beating him up in the finals, actually. But I felt, you know, I felt I'd been there in a moment where I tried to basically say I'm done. You know, I, I you can have it. Um, and I felt it, you know, and that was the first time. And it, I didn't take it. You know, I let it, I took it for granted. So anyway, that junior year, I came back. Those guys were gone. I was probably the front runner. And I, I was doing, I was doing great early in the year. I went to Missouri. And the, for the first time in my life, I was at a dual meet in Missouri. Never thought anybody could beat me. Smashed everybody all year. I'm wrestling the number 12 guy. Guy I've already wrestled. I've already pinned him once in about 45 seconds. And we go out in Missouri. I'm in the last match of the night. I got caught up in the dual meet. It's supposed to be a big dual meet. Um, I'm really not focused on myself. And um, I go out. Guy takes me down on the whistle, and my head goes south. I'm gone. Within one minute of the match, I, I don't even remember. It's like I blacked out. And I get majored. Nine to one. What? By the number, nine to one by the number 12 guy in the country. Oh, my and God. I went in the back and I was, I was an emotional wreck. John came back there and just laid into me. No softness. No, we got to regroup. <laughs> what do you say? What do you say? Give us some insight into that. Oh, I think, you know, he brought us in the locker room and he just said, you know, I, I mean, he looked at me and goes, you're, you're, you know, at the time it was, you're gutless, you know? I mean, what, I mean, why, when adversity hit, you folded tent in front of everybody in front of your team you're supposed to be a leader and you laid on your belly like a two-year-old out there and just quit and he said i mean there was some other things said he was he was very angry you know we got back to the hotel and i was still pouting i was taking a shower and i hear my door open he said get your shit and we're going to the workout room right now we wrestled iowa state in two days and he said get on that treadmill and start running till i come and get you and i ran about eight miles Ooh. And he never, and he came back and got me, and I had to go wrestle at Iowa State the next day. I was about four pounds underweight, and I'm, I'm like, so now I start thinking about how I feel. Go to Iowa State, I barely win, wrestle like crap again, and it honestly just carried on. I, I let my emotions that whole year kind of own me. It, it became about winning again. Like I was supposed to do something. I was the guy. Uh, no, you know, I'm the guy that's supposed to get upset. Well. So I was waiting for that rematch with that Missouri kid. We had it at uh, national duels and I'm thinking, okay, now's where I turn this thing over. I'm ready to kill this guy. You know, I'm like, I go out there and I win in overtime again. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? I'm panicking. You know, I'm like, what is going on? This kid's not even on my level. I'm just out there emotionally shot, just trying to win. So anyway, I kind of figure things out toward the end of that year or my junior year. Um, at the Big 12 tournament, I take a shot, and I pop my elbow out. I dislocate my elbow. And right in the last, I was trying to get a major, and the kid hit a wizard, and my elbow popped. And this is two weeks before the nationals. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. 
and I'm like, and after my sophomore year, but this time I didn't get on the mat for two weeks straight. And, um, John kept me off the mat. I hadn't, I couldn't grip anything. I was kind of, you know, I was scared to death. I was like, this, this is my arm. I, this is my shooting hand. This is everything. And I did, I went to the, the national tournament. My brother said, my first time I got on the mat was at the NCAAs. And Mark said, come here, uh, let's go drill and get, I want to drill with you for the first time. I took a shot for the first time. I grabbed his leg and I screamed and I was like, this, I, you know, I was, my head was gone. You know, I, I was like, this is unbelievable. I, I started feeling sorry for myself. And then when I got to the tournament first round, um, you know, I'm scared. The guy I got is from Oregon state and he's like 13 and 16 or something. He got a, he placed or somebody forfeited at the tournament. I got the worst guy in the tournament, hands down. Yeah. And I went, I went on a, a reverse call six, five. And I'm like, Oh my God. I'm oh like, my God. I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, I've already got doubts in my head. And then, um, you know, second match, I, I end up winning another close one. Then I get to the semis and I have Heflin. I win in double overtime. I win in the, uh, I, I've got one takedown the whole tournament. <laughs> and I went in, I went in overtime in the quarters on ride out. And then I went in overtime in the, uh, double overtime in the semis with no takedown, and I went in the finals with no takedown, double overtime. I had no takedowns and won the national tournament. And I think Dude. you know it just it just showed I had to go through that adversity that sophomore year uh, with being injured to get through it. I mean, so. could you have ever imagined your freshman year, first day on campus, the amount of emotional pain and self doubt you're about to go through? Like you probably had no idea what it was going to take to get there. No, I, I mean, I think I really had no clue how to um, how to handle the moment, really. You know, uh, the championship moment, you know, that last 45 seconds of who wants it more that, you know, it was all about fear. What what if this happens? What if that happens? You know, instead of like, I'm going to go get this. So and I think my junior, year, my junior year is where, you know, I really realized that. But at the same time, um, I stopped worrying about it. I just, I just decided like, Hey, listen, if you win this thing, this is going to be a story for the ages. If not, it is what it is. So how, man, I know we got to wrap this up. We could, this one can go for hours, man. And it, we have to do, have to do another one of these. Cause there's so much I want to ask you about coaching and, and what that's like, but mm -hmm. just one, one thing to kind of, kind of wrap this up is like when you were in the thick of it, like your sophomore, your junior, your senior years, how much did visualization play a role in your mental game? My senior year, probably the most. I think Andrew Howe coming back was, um, it became war to me. You know, I, it was that this guy can't be beat. He beat David Taylor at the trial, Olympic trials, this and that. Um, my, ju my junior year, definitely, I'd always planned on being on that stage when I got my chance the first time and I won it. Um, it was, it meant the world, but at the same time, the craziest thing ever is I blacked out after I won the match. I don't even remember the match. You know, it's like so much adrenaline after I won, I went in the back, I was crying and I fell asleep within like five minutes and I had, I had to go do media and everything. Yeah. I was just like emotionally shot from just thinking and worrying and just, yeah. And I don't even remember the feeling, the feeling of winning up there. You know, I don't even remember how, what I did when I won. I don't remember I just was an emotional roller coaster. Well, anyway, the next year I was 
I really just wanted to feel what it felt like to win up there. So that's why I, I kind of was, <laughs> I was kind of hurt. I, everybody kept throwing me out as a national champ, but I don't really, it didn't hit me for about two weeks that I was the champ. You know, I was still paranoid and worried and training. I didn't stop training two weeks for like two weeks after nationals. I kept working out and getting after it because I felt like I had another match. Freaking so insanity, year, man. Oh, my God. Crazy. Yeah. So that next well, year, that definitely was the goal, you know, to feel that feeling again. And and uh, and I had a bigger task on my hand having Andrew Howe, too. And so that motivated the hell out of me. John made sure to remind me that winning – Winning two championships is uh, going to be twice as hard, and if you think any different, you're going to end up two steps down. And he really put a fire in my ass, and um, I went after it, man. I, I really that year, I you were going to have to kill me to beat me. But would you visualize the matches like during the week and like like let's say it's like November, December? Are you visualizing what it's going to be like at nationals, and is it just constantly on your mind like throughout the year? You're just obsessed with it. I would probably say my senior year more because yeah. I, I was so I was so tunnel vision that I was gonna beat this guy and I knew how good he was and he kinda put it on me in the first match, like it made it look like this is his weight and nobody else can contend for it. And I got so serious when I got to the tournament I didn't visualize anything besides him. You know. I I and which is not a good thing to do, I, but I was coming. It didn't matter. I was numb to the feeling of thinking. I didn't think about anything besides taking him out. And um, you, you're really not supposed to do that. You take one match at a time. You always hear coaches say that. But yeah, yeah, there was yeah. no thinking. It wouldn't have mattered what happened to me. I was so prepared mentally and emotionally for him. You could have threw two guys out there at me. I was coming for everything, you know. Um, I was tired of so what, hearing people say I couldn't do it. I couldn't beat so it. So what happened? I mean, obviously you won, but uh, how'd it go? You know, at Big 12s, we wrestled two weeks before that. It was a 27-minute match with a bunch of reviews. Everybody saying it was bad. Carl stalling this. Perry didn't do nothing. He'll never beat him again. You can't win that way against him. He's going to come harder. And I literally stepped to the line when one of the reviews were going on, and Mike Haggerty was wrestling. And I said, I don't care what this result is. I'm coming for you next week. You said that and to him during the match? It was, we were sitting right there. I told the ref that. I said, we're going to redo this next week. I promise you. It doesn't matter. Who cares what this call is? Let's go. Wow. And I won, didn't celebrate, didn't do anything. I knew I, knew I had to beat him when it mattered. And uh, that's when I knew I was ready. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't even take it as a, I beat this guy finally. Or after all the talk, I did it. I was tired of it. I was like, you better win when it matters. And I'm coming. So, um, and he brought the heat know, too, right? I mean, he was a hell of a competitor. Yeah. Best, honest to God, probably the uh, best guy I've ever wrestled as a competitor. When you get out there with this guy, um, it's a war zone. I mean, he kills your head. He beats the hell out of you. He punches you. He's physical. He comes 100 miles an hour. He's the matchup you don't want skill-wise. Um I don't mind wrestling those type of guys that aren't physical like that. He was trying to kill me and um, I was ready for it. I was ready to fight more than I was ready to wrestle. And that's oh what I had to God. get ready for. You know, um, I think that's how I prepared for him. I stopped preparing to wrestle him. I prepared for a fight. And from the get go, I was ready to fight him. I was ready to hurt him if I had to hurt him. And it sounds bad. I, it became, um, 
it became like an MMA fight to me. Like one of the, one of us are walking out of here alive and it's going to be me. And I had to prepare for him that way. If I didn't, I would never beat him. Jesus, dude. So you were right. A freaking, well, I don't know if you know who Hicks and Gracie is, you know, the, the famous um, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu family, but he said like when he was doing the, the pride Valley Tudo fights in the nineties that he was ready to die out there if he had to, like, I don't know if it was that extreme for you, but you seem like you were going in there. didn't matter what was going to happen. You were fucking leaving it all out there. And it was, that was it. Like you were ready to die. If you had to against those matches. A hundred percent with that match. It was just, um, I knew that I was going to have to, <laughs> I knew I felt him before I had trained with him before he, I knew he trained harder as I trained. I knew he worked harder than I worked. I mean, we all, I just knew I had to go to a deep, deep, dark place and somebody was going to go there. And I, and if I, if I let him get to me emotionally, he would, he was going to shatter me in front of everybody. So I was ready for him probably more than anybody. I wasn't one bit nervous for the finals. Um, probably the most confident I'd ever been in my life, not to beat him, but I was, I knew I was going to dra- drag him into deep waters and we were going to find out. Man, that's where, that's, that is like, where the cream rises to the top and like i mean those like before the match starts you know you're about to be in absolute pain you're going to be you're going to be exhausted and it's just like those those inches in that situation that separates you and then obviously you get it done and 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 man there's so much more to talk about with you and your and your coaching and all the guys you're working with now like Dayton Fix and I'd love to learn about like what your uncle's taught you but I know we got to wrap this up man but just, just one last thing before we wrap this one up um, is mm-hmm. like if you look, if you look back on it, and kind of the theme of this podcast is wrestling changed my life. Like, what has the sport taught you? Just if you look back at your competitive career, and like, why would you encourage someone to get involved with it? Adversity, hundred percent. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. Um, how to get back on the horse and get back after it. Never feel sorry for yourself because nobody cares. Um, you know, and honestly, just the, the work ethic, you know, how hard it is to be the best at something, you know, how deep you really have to dig and, um, hundred percent adversity is the difference. Um, I, yeah. I've failed at a lot of things since then, and I've learned to be a man about it and accept the truth instead of trying to find an excuse. I think a lot of people in today's world, when adversity hits and if they, they look for an excuse or a uh, finger to point at. I'll always point at myself no matter what the situation is. That's the end of this episode, but definitely not the end of the show. For more episodes, please go to wrestlingchangemylife.org. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a star rating. Show the love, baby. Show the love. Thank you so much. We'll see you again soon. Peace.